Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift with a focus on her early career. We're your hosts, Amy and Molly, and today we're talking about all the songs other artists have written and released about Taylor. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Swift Legacy podcast. Today we are back and we are going to talk all about songs other artists have written about Taylor. Now, I feel like there are ones we all know of, but the point of this episode is to really deep dive into them, have a look at the lyrics, draw some parallels maybe with Taylor's own songs, and kind of analyze how much we think is about Taylor, how much is maybe fictional. We're going to start by looking at a song called Try To Make It Anyway by Stephen Barker-Lyles of Love and Theft. Some of you may know Stephen Barker-Lyles as the inspiration behind the song Hey Stephen. Stephen is part of the band Love and Theft, who opened up for Taylor at a few shows in 2008. This song is confirmed to be about Taylor, as well as the lyrics being extremely obvious. Stephen Barker-Lyles said in an interview with tasteofcountry.com, one day she called me up and was like, hey, I wrote a song about you. And I was like, dude, that's really funny because I just wrote a song about you last week. And she was like, really? She asked how it went and I told her about some of the lines. I didn't tell her too much, but I told her about the main tag of the song and she was like, I want to hear it as well as obviously the lyrics being extremely see-through in terms of the inspiration. Transparent is the word you Thank you, transparent. It's fully confirmed from him that it is about Taylor. So if we look at the lyrics, I feel like everything, everything is just... Even just the opening line, the curly hair and the cowboy boots is literally Taylor in, what, seven words back in 2008. Anyway, Stephen and Taylor never actually dated, which I always find is a bit weird considering they wrote songs for each other and were open about the fact that they wrote songs for each other. I feel like, I don't know, it depends on what your definition of dated is. True. Because they clearly were something. Like, yeah. For a, for a little bit. As much as we've just said that all the lines point to it being about Taylor, it's not really that explicit. I feel like it's more of the vibe. Sometimes I do wonder if it's if it possibly using it as a, not as a hook, but it grabs your attention because you know it's about Taylor with the curly hair and the cowboy boots line. But everything else is very general, not very specific. It's almost talking about a relationship that he wants to happen, but isn't actually, like I wonder if anything ever came of it or they were just very explicit about the fact that they liked each other and it just didn't really go much further than that. Like, it's exactly like, hey, Stephen, it's all speculative. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting considering clearly they both kind of were on the same page about wanting it to go somewhere, but it didn't. And whether that was tours, because after just after they um, did the shows together, Taylor went out on tour with Rascal Flats. They obviously will have had other commitments so maybe it was a case of wrong timing um but I do think it's interesting like you say the fact that they both wrote like reciprocating songs no I think it was probably a case of um just didn't work out in terms of where they both were in their lives the next song on to the next song yes I feel like this one is everyone knows it like if if you say what is the song that's written about Taylor people are either going to say this one or Paper Doll. So this one is Much Better by the Jonas Brothers. 
And you could say it was the catalyst song for Better Than Revenge. This is what inspired Better Than Revenge in terms of the line, show me how much better you are. are. The the song starts, I get a rep for breaking hearts. Now I'm done with superstars and all the tears on her guitar. I mean, if, like, can you get more at? Couldn't be more obvious if it tried. Like, genuinely, that is the most not subtle diss. I'm not bitter. Now I see everything I'd ever need is the girl in front of me. She's so much better. It's so, oh my God, the audacity of this child. Like what? They were literally kids. I know. And that is 18. Well, teenagers. It's it's so funny kind of to, to look at that and to think about it, especially knowing that they're on like really good terms these days and like mm-hmm. he's married to Sophie Turner who is a goddess and like seems to be a good person she now. made them she made them a baby blanket they have a kid like they're on great terms but god when I listen or when I read these lyrics I'm furious it's like I'm con- 2008 all over again I'm convinced there was someone in a in a room somewhere who was like you know how you get your, your music listened to more you know you get publicity you write about Taylor Swift you, you make it really obvious about who you're writing about yeah and I mean Taylor's done that herself exactly I mean she's I mean Taylor a- wrote the book on that you could <laughs> say really Taylor's Taylor much was the better Taylor is much better Taylor wrote Hey Stephen and Dear John Taylor Taylor name checked guys in songs so I think Taylor Taylor's names and shames names and shames and you know what we love her for it i believe the road that people lead helps you find the one you need you're so much better i have to say when you're when you're looking at these lyrics i know they were disney channel stars but this really is not shakespeare i can't take anything that disney channel stars did when they were still on disney seriously like it's so manufactured that's why i don't really take this song seriously it, it, it does kind of seem like a little bit of a joke. I mean, who puts BFFs eternally? A Disney star. Actually, let, let's unpack that line a little bit further. Now I've got some enemies and they're all friends suddenly. BFFs eternally, but I'm not bitter. Okay, BFF stands for best friends forever. So they're That's basically right. saying best friends forever eternally. Forever eternally? Why why are we putting those two together? That makes no sense. I know it's you're not supposed to look that deep. It's a Disney album. But really still. Not peak lyricism. Best friends forever, forever. Do you not remember when it was it went got to the point where people were saying BFFF or BFFL? Best friends forever for life. Yes. Best friends for life. I think it's so funny how we've got on the one hand, we've got this song where we go like best friends forever eternally. And that's the best that they could do to write about Taylor. And then on the other hand, we've got Forever and Always, which is like this absolute- Masterpiece. Lyrical masterpiece, especially the piano version. It's so heart-wrenching. I mean, we also talk about the fact that the comeback to this was better than Revenge. And that song may be controversial, but God, it hits hard. I mean, yes, a little bit controversial and there's no denying that but when it comes on the feminism goes out of the window so as well as much better there is speculation that there were some more Jonas Brothers songs written about Taylor such as Fly With Me, Poison Ivy and Paranoid although these are all very generic songs and there are no specific identifying features that we thought 
were of note. They're not really worth talking about, but you can go check them out if you want to. Okay, moving on from the drama of Better Than Revenge to the heart-wrenching song that is Dear John and the song that was its response, which is Paper Doll by John Mayer. And maybe the most famous song about Taylor, would you say, Molly? I think I'd agree, just because of the line, you're like 22 girls in one. So obvious. I think that he heard Dear John and he was just like, how dare you? Here is an absolute roast. I have to say, of the, the two, the three songs we've looked at so far, is the best lyrically. Lyrically, yes, but that's because he's John Mayer, not because he's a good person. Oh, I'm not saying he's a good person. He's an awful person. We don't like John Mayer, but he can write a song. But yeah, the chorus, you're like 22 girls in one and none of them know what they're running from. Was it just too far to fall for a little paper doll? Someone's that's so condescending. Someone slap around the face and tell him she was 19 and you took advantage. Exactly. Like, the, oh, there is so much. There is so much to unpack in that relationship. And... I feel like almost the shifting of blame yeah. in in this song, like he is trying to be like, this is all, you're making this a problem. And I think that kind of almost, would you say it maybe demonstrates the, not necessarily politics, but the, the dynamics of their relationship? Oh, for sure, for sure. I think, um, I mean, you listen to Dear John and you hear it in that. I think he was very... Um, Manipulative. Manipulative, that's the word I'm looking for, not condescending. Manipulative. Condescending, probably. Condescending as well, though. Very much. But yeah. She lived in a chess game. Exactly. Oh, that is such a good song. I still, like, cannot get over some of the lines in that song. So I would say this is maybe, of the ones we've discussed so far, definitely the best song, but also the worst, in a way. It's worst in the fact that from what we know about their relationship and what we know about John Mayer it was probably incredibly toxic and he was manipulative and he's written a song that makes out like she's the problem and it's so she was too fragile or too um sensitive and it just really angers me it's such a low blow like as a song but on the same level it's still a good song it is a good song I have to admit it's on one of my playlists Let's move on to another, another one, which if we're going in chronological order, I would say this is next. And that is Perfect by One Direction. Of all the One Direction songs that have been speculated to be about Taylor, Perfect is probably the one that includes the most hints and maybe the most obvious line. So if we are looking down near the end of the song where they say, if you're looking for someone to write your breakup songs about, and we all know Hayla was an extremely public relationship, not necessarily a public relationship, but everybody knew about it. It was very famous. And as far as I think we're aware, none of the other members of One Direction were in a similar sort of big, dramatic, publicized relationship with a songwriter. Mm-hmm. So this very much points to being Taylor Swift. It really is. And it it stirred up a lot of gossip at the time. There were lots of articles about that line in particular. and about. I remember it coming out and it was just like, oh my God, drama everywhere. Well, I think you look at it and she was arguably one of the most famous pop stars on the planet at the time. And she still is, but at the time, definitely. 
and he was probably the most famous member of One Direction who were the biggest boy band in the world and we're going back to 2012 here One Direction were huge god I don't know but it's so weird to think that 2012 like it's not 2012 anymore like people aren't still obsessing over One Direction it still feels like we are in the late red to 1989 era for my life I feel like I will be permanently stuck in that era not just as like a Taylor Swift era, as like a life era, like between the ages of, I would have been like, what, 12 and 12 to 16. The rest of the song is very much, I'm, I'm not going to say speculative because that's the wrong word, but I mean, it's very fluffy in terms of details. There is nothing that we can specifically pin to a situation or any interviews or conversations I that we know disagree. of. I disagree. I disagree. So, oh. um... If you like Midnight Driving with the Windows Down. Style. Exactly. Um, I also want to point out the line, and if you like cameras flashing every time you go out, we know that it was, they were very heavily packed. Everyone was obsessed with them, with that relationship. I, it was almost the, um, the catalyst, or not the catalyst, but the breaking point of the Taylor Swift serial data she dates guys, breaks up with them after two months, writes songs about them. And I think that's partially because he was so famous at the time. And so that's loved. true. Um, and I also, I feel like the cameras flashing every time we go out kind of draws the parallel to I Know Places. Yep, you're right there. So this was released in 2015 and obviously the 1989 was the end of 2014. So any references to songs from 1989 are, um, are valid and not just random coincidences. This is actually like such a good song, really. It is. It is quite a good song. You know, funnily enough, I remember when it came out and I went and I watched the music video and I think it was the first time I properly listened to a One Direction song. Really? Mm-hmm. I was always one of those like, I'm not like other girls. I don't listen oh, to, to One fair, Direction. I didn't really, I remember, I so clearly remember writing to a French exchange student and not having much to write about. And so I wrote, I like, and then listen to some random artists. And I really, really hate Justin Bieber and One Direction because <laughs> those are the two like famous guys at the time. And I was like, I am not like other girls. Like I refuse. Yeah. So if we are sticking with One Direction songs about, potentially about Taylor that would also bring us to end of the day I've just checked the writing credits and Harry Styles was not one of the writers on this song oh that's interesting so that's debunked then yep we have just debunked a myth myth buster with Swift Legacy podcast moving on to a song that was definitely written by Harry Styles let's have a look at Two Ghosts which was on Harry's debut album I mean okay so the opening lines, same lips red, same eyes blue, same white shirt, couple more tattoos. It paints the picture of parallels with the song style. Mm-hmm. It paints the picture of Taylor in the red era, which is around when they dated. It almost directly references the style lyric. Um, you got that long hair, slick back, white t-shirt. I got that red lip classic thing that you like. Yeah. So it's, it's directly referencing that within the first line. So I think that's the lyric people tend to pick out when they look at this song. The fridge light washes this room white. Reminds me a lot of All Too Well, which is obviously not a song written about Harry Styles. But mm-hmm. who else has that imagery of a fridge light lighting up a room? 
I also no want to point out on his own. <laughs> as, <laughs> as much as yes, all too well, we all know it's a Jake Gyllenhaal song. I think it's hilarious to see the kind of the American versus British of the refrigerator light and the fridge light. That's very true. <laughs> like the fridge light is so British. And I mean, we're not ones to judge. We say fridge, but. <laughs> Honestly, that, that line still stresses me out because who's leaving the fridge open? Is it not beeping at you to close it at that point? That's such a fair point. Like if we leave our fridge door open, it makes this horrible sound. Any Americans listening, do your refrigerators beep at you when you leave them open? Because ours do. Like if you leave it, if you're emptying the, emptying the shopping, you open up the fridge to put all the shopping away and literally it starts beeping at you after 30 seconds you have to close it and open it again i don't feel like that would be a relaxing like dance around um the kitchen and the refrigerator like not very relaxing if you've got a fridge going beep, beep, beep. also what kind of fridge has a light bright enough to wash a whole room white it's a bit of an over exaggeration but anyway that lyric in particular stands out to me as something that may be a taylor reference but the whole song is to me sounds like trying to rekindle a relationship and it just not being the same as it was and I have this is very controversial in my head I believe that Harry and Taylor did not necessarily go on a couple of dates in early 2015 but I do think they went out for dinner or met up again we do have um there's that video of them talking was it at one of the Heim sisters birthday parties or did I make that up I have some exclusive tea do you? I do, and it's only just come back to me. Oh my god, where did it come from? What is it? Okay, right. I was at the 1989 tour in Manchester, and we met someone, and she lived across the road to Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. So 1989 tour, this is June 6, 2015, and she said, I think it was a couple of months before, that she had seen... Taylor at his house see I am proved right every day and I didn't think much of it at the time but now when you you listen to this song I do think that with the timeline that oh my god I've blown my own mind (laughs) I I fully had completely forgotten that conversation until right now oh my god that's an exclusive everybody That really is an exclusive. Molly's theory is entirely right. I've always thought that. Moving on from Harry Styles, who I feel like as a fandom, we can all collectively decide that we respect as an artist and as someone who used to be in Taylor's life to someone who we don't respect as an artist or as anyone in Taylor's life. In fact, I don't think we respect them as a person. The next song we want to talk about is called Olay. And... It was, or as Amy I, likes to call it, Ole. Yes, okay, I missed the fact that it had an accent over the E and I thought it was called Ole, like Grand Ole Opry. But it's not, it's called Ole. So um, yeah, that is a collaboration between Calvin Harris and John Newman. And honestly, we've only just found this song. We've just read the lyrics before recording this episode and it is so obviously about Taylor. The second verse says, um, I ain't seen you or been with you for weeks, but I see online that you've begun to be a good girl and take trips with your boyfriend. Being attentive, continue to pretend. Hit old Swift. <laughs> we all know that Taylor and Calvin announced their breakup 
and within two weeks Taylor was papped in Rhode Island with Tom Hiddleston I think we all remember seeing those photos for the first time that was crazy I mean the whole like tour then of Europe that whole era that I mean it wasn't even an era it was like a month that was a weird weird time to be a Taylor Swift fan it really was it's also interesting to look at the second pre-chorus where they sing but no, because there's no telling how far you can go. You've hidden my name on your phone so you can call me to tell me you've been going through hell, left him and booked in a hotel. Interesting. Now we are dying to know whether that is true. We will never know, but I'm speculate. just a nosiest person alive. And I think that whole um, timeline between Calvin and Tom and then Joe is very blurred. They all kind of, they don't all blow into one, but the relationships, there is considerable overlap. I feel like we just need to say the chorus, the rhyming scheme in the chorus is hilarious. Ole, you bring too much sunlight to my day. Only you can chase the pain away. You bring too much sunlight to my day, my day. Beautiful. Genius. I'm, I'm sorry, but... I, I know you only got like a tiny reference in Getaway Car, but even that was more poetic than this. I genuinely think he is actually a bit pissed off that he didn't get more. Maybe he's like, he's that mad that he just wrote a really bad song about her. And on that note, let's move on to the most recently discovered song that was written about Taylor. This song is called Country Star, written by Tom O'Dell, and it was released July 9th, 2021. So Taylor and Tom were pictured on a couple of dates way back in, you know, 2012, 2011? A long time ago. It was a very long time ago, about a decade ago. This song is, it's blatantly obvious it's about her. All I can say is go listen to this song. It's an experience and a half. So it, it's possibly even more obvious than the um, teardrops on my guitar reference in Much Better. Honestly, I feel like when writing this song, he was just like, nobody knows who I am other than I'm the guy who sang a song for the John Lewis advert a few years ago. And I want people to talk about Taylor Swift in relation to me. And so I'm going to write the most blatantly obvious song about her. The grip this woman has over these men is actually astronomical. Like, why is he writing a song about a girl he went on a couple of dates with? A decade ago. But anyway, the first the first verse reads as picture this, I'm in an English bar with a young American country star. She's telling me all about her new guitar. She's a little bit clever, a little bit dark, a little bit happy with a broken heart, I suppose. Please don't get me started on that rhyming scheme because it's grim. It's so bad. I'm sorry. But the the <laughs> I have to say, my favorite part of this entire song. The line, or let us say the verse that fully sends me is, picture this, I'm in a limousine with my young American country queen. We're rolling round like tangerines. Excellent lyric. I mean, oh my God, there are so many things I could say, but really limousine, country queen, tangerine. And then the next verse, goes on to end in mean and screen so we have a five time rhyme can we, can we just appreciate the fact why has he put rolling around like tangerines 
tangerines. Really weird analogy, isn't it? They've, they've got really terrible fake tans. Like I honestly, I'm. He's I'm concerned. <laughs> I, just, I can just picture these tangerines like you know on a, when um, when the supermarket people are scanning your groceries and like oh, yeah, and they roll over they there. like yeah. throw them down I can just picture all these tangerines they like they're aggressive at their dog. yeah like the tangerines that come in those like little netted bags the netting bag <laughs> breaks when they throw it down and all the tangerines roll out and I'm just picturing those with Taylor's face on like, it's not a good image. I don't want that in my mind. This is a very strange lyric. Very strange lyric. But honestly, I feel like we cannot debate this is 100% about Taylor. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I find really funny? Is that if you look at pictures of Tom O'Dell, he's like a very, very B-Tech version of Joe. Like what he looks like. I see that completely. Yeah. I also want to appreciate the fact you just said a B-Tech version. So we hope you have enjoyed this relatively chaotic episode, unpacking all the songs that we think may have been written about Taylor. If you know of any other songs that have been written about her, please do let us know. We would love to have a look at them, maybe analyse them a little bit too. If you've enjoyed listening, please do follow us on Instagram at Swift Legacy Podcast and check back next Friday for another episode.